Oh, and a, he says, in a puffer pig's eye. <laughs> oh, Dude, that God. is Pumba. Right, now I'm going to look it up. Too. Oh, a pig, Pumba. Pumba. 28, 23. Pumba. The crossover uh, we never thought we would get. 28, 23. Go there. 28, 23. The Lion King it's, and it's Pumba. the Mandalorian. All right, all right. Wait, wait. One second, one second. All right, here we go. We have to Pumba. <laughs> get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> That's Pumba. What the we gotta do a poll. We gotta do a poll. You're going overboard with the cameos, man. Timon is showing up next up. Three men who also happen to be best friends, as well as a bunch of complete movie nerds, are on a mission to save the world with a podcast that really honestly doesn't help with or solve any of the world's problems whatsoever sorry please grab your bowl of popcorn and your sugar-free beverage get to your seats sit back relax and enjoy a brand new episode of all screens and sizes we're back, both physically here with a brand new episode of All Screens and Sizes and potentially metaphorically back as we look to bounce back from a disappointing episode last week of Mandalorian. But we are here to discuss our thoughts, feelings, and emotions of Season 3, Episode 5 of The Mandalorian, titled The Pirate. Arr. Now, The Pirate was directed by Academy Award-winning director Peter Ramsey, Peter. who won an Oscar for his fantastic work on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So we are lucky to have him here with us in the world of Star Wars. But before we jump right into the episode, let's hear from the peanut butter to my jelly, the spotchka <laughs> to my biscuits. <laughs> My best friends, Jordy and Phil. How are we, boys? Well, I definitely think Phil should go first, you know, because he was in a bit of a rough spot last week, you know. So t- today has been my best day since being diagnosed with another kidney stone. There you no, go. No pain as of today, but I don't think I've passed it. So it's still probably lingering in there, but no pain today. We're doing just fine. The goal is to flush this bad boy out at some point and add it to the gauntlet so we'll see what happens <laughs> we love to hear it we love to hear it phil and phil you're gonna do a bit of catching up right this this upcoming week when, when it comes to movies oh yeah everybody so again i've been moving so i'm behind on so many movies cocaine bear creed 3 john wick i did sneak in scream 6 but i'm about to spring break go see a movie a day even if i've already seen it i'll see it again i gotta catch up this is the <laughs> longest in my life i've went without seeing a movie that's released that week since I mean COVID took it away from us but that I can remember Sheesh. I gotta catch up that's a long time and yeah I'm good man um, actually last night I left the movie theater at about 1 a.m. because I was able to watch John Wick 4 the only English original version that they had um, and it was whew, it was something else man I mean once everyone sees it, I feel like we can dedicate a whole another episode to that. And yeah, so I'm good. Um, I also just started watching a new show that Phil's been trying to get me to watch Ooh. forever called Succession. Elite. Um, I got a couple episodes in, and yeah, you know, so far so good. I'm not feeling the insane amounts of hype that that Phil's been 
given this show for the last couple of years really trying to shove it down my throat <laughs> um but you know all in all it's been a it's been a good time so far and you know i was kind of looking up to this week you know diving back into star wars mandalorian because you know we weren't in an amazing place last week but spoiler alert everybody we have a spoiler right now it is a good day to be a star wars fan i'm <laughs> well, passing right back yeah because we got two episodes of the bad batch that's right. The, the season finale <laughs> of The Bad Batch came out, and uh, but I'm I'm getting ready to start Succession as well, Jordy. And I'm, I was gonna wait until this this final season finish and then just power through all four seasons. But I'm that's right uh, on the top of my list as well, Jordy. So you're gonna have to let me know what you think. You can watch together, do a little bit of like tandem action. That's that's okay, fine with okay. me, dude. I like that. I like that. Well, anyways, do we want to send it over to uh, Jordy for another captivating recap of the episode? Man, thank you, Nick, for the setup as always, man. Always gets my juices flowing. We are back with Season 3, Episode 5 of The Mandalorian, titled The Pirate. This week, we open up on Navarro. High Magistrate Grief Karga continues to lead his flourishing city, but is then abruptly interrupted by a pirate crosshair ship entering airspace. It's Pirate King Gorian Shard, who delivers them a simple message. Surrender or he will destroy his city. It's revenge for the murder of his helmsman. Grief attempts to bluff his way out of the conflict by stating he now has the New Republic's protection. But Shard knows they have established themselves as an independent world, and he mocks the New Republic's ability to defend anyone, mentioning their failures in the mid-rim. Shard opens fire on Navarro, wreaking devastation on the streets as Karga issues an evacuation order. Meanwhile, at the New Republic base, we see Captain Teva receive a distress message from Grief Karga requesting help with the pirate situation. As he watches, he's joined by none other than Zeb, the smart muscle of the Ghost Crew. Live action for the very first time after his appearance in Rebels. Teva says he's going to take it straight to Coruscant to ask for help. At the New Republic base, we see Elia Kane spotting Teva enter, requesting backup from a requisitions officer, played by Tim Meadows. Elia Kane enters and reminds everyone that Navarro has yet to sign the charter, and therefore they are not an official member world. Teva is therefore unable to convince them of the situation's importance, and is not able to receive the help he requested. On Navarro, we see the town evacuating to the lava flats. Karga reassures the people that help is on the way. We then cut back to Teva flying to the Mandalorians and the Covert's secret location. He's seeking alternative assistance. Dinjarin wonders how the hell he was able to find the Covert. And it turns out that R5 was helping Teva to find them, as he's an old ally of Teva from the Rebellion. Teva tries to convince Dinjarin that his friend Griefkarga is in danger, and his theory is that the pirate attacks are somehow connected to the Empire's resurgence. We then cut to Din Djarin taking the floor to try and petition an intervention on Navarro to rescue the people and his friend Grief Karga before it is too late. He asked if they would fight for an opportunity to, quote, allow all of their kids to play in the sunlight again. And to, after saving Navarro, taking Grief Karga up on his offer of attractive land on a friendly world. Paz Vizsla then speaks up. He speaks of his time fighting the first time around, and he asks why should they do it again. 
But while it seems like he's about to oppose Din once again, he instead answers, because they are Mandalorians. This is the way. I guess Din saving Pass's son this season has definitely had its positive effects on their relationship. Bo-Katan lays out the plan in the covert, fly to be heroes. Pirates have overtaken the debris-filled streets. Jarn flies in with the N1 to distract the massive pirate ship and all of Shard's fighters. Bo-Katan then flies in to make her drop. A beyond epic battle erupts in both the air as well as on the ground. The armor herself also steps into combat, taking out a big gunner with her hammer. As the pirates begin to flee, they are captured by the citizens. The battle ends with Shard aboard his ship, shot down, crashing and exploding. Karga thanks the Mandalorians for their rescue and grants them a nice chunk of land as a thank you and a new home. Grief says, you may no longer have a home planet, but you do have a home. After the battle, the armorer wishes to speak with Bo-Katan in her old forge beneath the streets of Navarro. She tells her to remove her helmet. The armorer says that all Mandalorians must walk the way together, and Bo-Katan's sighting of the Mythosaur means the dawning of a new age. She believes Bo is the one who can unite the Mandalorian people once again, as she is able to walk both ways. So she is sent out on a mission to do just that. The armor then tells the group it is time to retake Mandalore. But as we were all expecting the credits to roll, we are treated this week to a bit of a post-credits uh, extra scene where in space we now see Captain Teva coming across a drifting damaged Imperial Lambda shuttle. There is a record of a missing classified craft in the region. As they probe the interior, they discover it's a New Republic prison transport, the same one which was transporting none other than Moff Gideon himself, and he is missing. On the cabin wall, we then see a fragment of Baskar alloy. It appears he was taken by Mandalorians. Were they night owls turned mercenaries, Bo-Katan's deserters, or is it simply a frame from those Imperials trying to place blame on the already oppressed and scattered but reliably dangerous Mandalorian warriors? I guess we'll have to find out next week on The Mandalorian. Roll the credits for real this time. Thank you so much, Jordy, for that. I felt like I was reliving that episode again. Now let's get to it, boys. Are we back? Did we pick up the towel? Did we live to fight another day? <laughs> What do we think, boys? Well, before we get into this, I, I have this skill or talent, you know. I can read energies. I can read auras. And I have to say, you know, Nick, Nick, my best friend, you know, I feel like we're kind of kind of matching wavelengths here. You know, our juices are flowing. The force is flowing through us, you know. This is the way. So I want this little other dude over here with the specs to start off because, you know, I'm not digging... I'm not digging this energy that I'm getting through my screen. It's radiating through my screen right now by this guy. So, you know, you take the floor, <laughs> say whatever you want, get it over with, and then we can get to the good stuff, man. I'm not digging it. I'll start off with a quote. I'm going to channel my Bruce Willis Pulp Fiction. Zeb's alive, baby. Zeb's alive. <laughs> Zeb is back. Ooh. For five seconds, but we're gonna get him get some more. Zeb is back, so if you know true Star Wars fashion, you give me someone for five seconds, I'll be hyped. Zeb is alive, but I know you're not getting my vibe over here. I am not digging it. I'm not digging I'm it. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna correct it. This has been the best episode since 
We purified Ooh. ourselves uh, in the waters of good, Mandalore. Good. <laughs> yeah, you, were playing. Playing. you were playing. Uh, a little yeah, red herring there, Phil. A little red herring yeah. there. We finally, we, well, one, we connected some plot threads, but we finally forwarded the main plot. And go back and check the tape, fellas. I think I've been calling this thing pretty right since we've been going on. Um, we've, re- we've, re- we've reintroduced Moff Gideon. We are going to get the Mandalores to build back up together. That whole Vizsla thing was saving my child as a way of just getting him on his side so he's not a threat anymore. Um, we had to get Grief Karga back in this thing, and those pirates came back around. Um, those pirates. Pirate. They named the whole episode after the pirates. Um, but it, like I said, it, it it meshed all those plot threads we we're getting these last couple episodes to push forward the main plot, which is we're going to have a threat from Moff Gideon most likely again. The New Republic is still making the same mistakes that they always make. They're being infiltrated. They don't know what's going on. Things are getting worse right under their noses. Um, but I enjoyed it. And again, like, because that one was the last episode I forgot. When you have Din Jaren, Jaren, I always said the name wrong. Did he He's so good. Pedro Pascal is so good delivering his lines under the helmet more than any of the other characters. So when he's on screen, anytime he talks, he's doing, he said, I like those odds. Some of his, cl- his classic quote in the first episode. Like, he's so good when he's in action. We got him back. So, like, when they have him doing his thing, the episodes are better for it. Like, the episodes we haven't liked is when he's been kind of put in the back seat. So the fact that he was up front again, get involved in the action, helping his boy out, I was all in. I enjoyed it. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty incredible how like you can feel his acting without yes. seeing his face. Like he's, he's pretty so incredible. good. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, well, I guess we don't really have to have three huge separate segments of each of us. I guess like given our review thoroughly, because I feel like we're kind of on the same yeah. page. We kind of dig it. Um, but we can kind of start breaking down stuff a little bit sure, about yeah, you know, what you said about it. his performance. I feel like 90% of what we're seeing on screen of Din Djarin is not even like really Pedro Pascal, you know, like he is doing incredible actors that are basically body doubling him and he's obviously doing the voiceovers. But to me, that's even more impressive how he's still able to right. evoke that emotion that and have that kind of connection with these, you know, uh, body double actors because it's so great on screen, man. Like it's really impressive. He to deli- see. Every time he speaks, he delivers like, and it's, and that's hard to do. It's just like where someone just thinks they can be an animated actor and they just play the voice. Like it ain't just talking you got to like deliver the line and the character created for you. And for a guy wearing a helmet, like he, when he speaks, it just makes sense. It sounds so good. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, and then for me, you know, there were a lot of highlights this episode, man. Obviously, Zep, um, I gotta be honest, I was half eating, I was watching the show, and then I recognized the voice, and I'm, I was like, you know, like the first thing I said out loud was like, damn, like that Zep species, Assad, you know, Lassad. it actually looks really good. And then I went on to the next scene, and later in the episode, I, I got a text from Nick because he wanted some live reactions from me, and he was like, "Did you not get the huge cameo?" And I was like, "Wait, what? No way, that Zeb?" And I'd already texted him like, "Oh man, we're going back to Coruscant again," which was like the whole next scene. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for the Zeb reaction, and, and then Jordy's like texting me about the next scene. I'm like, "Wait a second, Jordy, no reaction for Zeb?" <laughs> yeah, and I was just. They kept thinking to myself, like, oh, man, like, they did a really good job on that Zep species. Oh. You know? Like, they must have spent a lot of time and money because, 
they did a really good job. And then I, no clue that was freaking Zep all along, man. When, when those credits rolled and then you see the so, actor Zeb right there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know, I loved it. But it was it was the voice actor from the show, Steve Blum. Yeah, yeah, that's did. pretty cool. Um, and it's so another too. another part with that, and I, we talked about with the one Coruscant episode because we were talking about the New Republic season or show that was supposed to start. I did look it up. That show did get canceled. And they did say they were going to intertwine some of the stuff into this season to make up for it. So like that one episode we got. Yeah, you can see how they kind of tied in the Rangers and the New Republic and some of the the Pershing episode. They kind of. Wh- tied those things together and i think they it actually worked quite yeah. nicely for me in this episode yeah this just felt way more balanced you know like um you know teva was incredible to see i love the dynamic with visla you know like he was it was kind of set up with him saving his kid of course but i was like you know it was going back right. and forth when he started doing his speech i was like oh you know, here he comes again, like talking crap. And then he was like, well, I was like, wait, is he on Din's side this time? Then he turned flipped the other way. And I was like, oh, he is on his side. I got, that was cool to see. And like, I really love the pirate hammerhead ship. It looks so badass. You know, Gorian Shard. Gorian yeah, Shard. Like, so, I love him. I love the practical effects. It looked yeah. really good. Like a lot of practical. And then, you know, you got Din. I mean, give me an N1 period and I'm hype. But having Din fly that thing, man. Oh. You know, he's above you. He's below you, man. Like, he was going to work on that thing. So, so I want to ask you guys, reckless or not, to have Grogu with you at all times while doing these fights? Could he not just have Grogu chilling somewhere else? I mean, he could, but it's Grogu. You got to have him on screen. I know, but I'm just like, this is so reckless. Like, how would you feel if I put Lincoln in the front seat with me while driving? <laughs> yeah, but. While shooting I mean, things. I mean, yeah, but you're not Din, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, I wouldn't it. trust you. Uh, the new republic <laughs> there's also speaking of the n1 there's something about seeing like an x-wing oh. with modern day visual effects that just really gets me going, i said the guys. same like thing my, just seeing the x-wing in, in all its glory and it's just so beautiful when it was flying oh. over the water and like the, the tunnels or whatever you want to call them the dune whatever and he yeah. parks it it's just it's just cool because it's old school star wars it just looks right on screen and it looks so it looks like so much better than we're accustomed to seeing it when we go back and watch right. the old, the original trilogy and it's so sweet. And I and I also love the the relationship between Din and uh Teva or however you say his name. Like they don't they don't really like like each other that much, but there's mutual respect there and they kind of need each other and they help each other out when they when they least expect it. I kind of like that dynamic between them. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And then, you know, just to finish up, I always like to take notes of little quotes and little things that I loved about an episode. First off, I love the little Kowakian lizard, monkey lizard helping out, you know, like pointing out that when the <laughs> Mandalorian showed up, like, it's like right it might be a trap. It might be a trap, obviously. Uh, I really like the, you know, I like those odds, the call back to season love one. That. I love the little Babu freak saying, it's going to be okay at the end. You know, that, that was incredible. And then, you know, obviously at the end, the quote, uh, you, know, you may no longer have a home planet, but you have a home. Yeah, that was. And you, and you forgot was there was like feelings. a one minute. Let's praise Han Solo because they said he, he shot. He first. shot first, and then they mentioned Sabak. So I was like, let's get our Han Solo things in here real quick. Oh, don't forget the Disney moment. Did y'all catch it? Disney moment. Who was, who was flying the hammerhead or whatever you want to call it, the Corsair ship, whatever. What, what do you mean? Shard knocked the, the pilot out of the way. Did you see who was flying it? You need to go back, boys, because Timon was missing, but that was Pumbaa. 
What do you mean? Like actually thing. Puma? It was Puma. What do you mean? No way. <laughs> he was he was piloting the, the, Phil, the you did, Phil, there was, was no Pumbaa. way. Go back. That was Puma, dog. He even made a Gloria <laughs> Shard even said a war on Matata, baby. or something like that. Bro, that was Pumba. <laughs> I was so happy. I was so happy when to see my boy Din just secure a new patch of land for the covert. They can finally get off a of Jurassic World and have a safe, <laughs> safe place for the covert to be. But how about they're they're back at where they were at? Um the armor forging in the original spot again. Okay, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. All right, we're looking at 20, 28, 23. Oh, and a, he says, in a puffer pig's eye. <laughs> oh Dude, that God. is Pumba. Right, now I'm going to look it up to 28, 23. The crossover we never thought we would get. 28, 23. Go there, 28, 23. The Lion King that's, and that's Pumba. All right, all right. Wait, wait, one second, one second. 28, 23. everything. Yep, and play it out. He shoved dude out the way that is Pumba, and he says in a puffer pig's eye, which is right, Pumba. He's go. a pig. Pumba. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> that's Pumba. What the heck? He that's Pumba. Man, Bro. you're going overboard. We're going to have to do a poll. That's Pumba. I don't want to hear it. A Pumba poll. That's a bit of a reach, I have to say. Dog. He even calls him a puffer pig. I mean, it could be a pig. Slimy, but yet satisfying. <laughs> yeah, pumba the pig. I just wanted to throw something in there, guys. I know we're on the right path. We're all rainbows and sunshines. We're all positive, but I couldn't help but kind of feel a bit crappy about how, like, up until now, we've had the armor of the Creed make Din go through all this shit just to clear <laughs> his name after taking his helmet off. So you know, strict. Possible poisonous so strict. planet only because he took his helmet off to say goodbye forever to his adopted son. And meanwhile... Well, he did it before. Wait, he did it before that, too. What do you too. mean he took his helmet off? An episode when he took his helmet off at the finale of season one, oh. right? In front of IG-11 and all. Or what? ADA? Yeah, okay. But that's a joint. That's different. And he took it off. And he took it off when he was at the Imperial base. Oh, yeah. That, too. Because yeah. Yeah, the facial, re yeah. the facial yeah. recognition. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But either way, either way, either way. He took his helmet off for good reason. Had to go through all this crap just to clear his name, blah, blah, blah. And then the armor just, you know... Pop or whatever, Bogotan, pop your helmet off. It's fine, dude. Like, come on, stroll out there with me. All good, no problem, whatever. Like, Din was probably looking at her like, what the hell? No, nah, he gave the head nod. He's gotta this, be, this he's is gotta why. be feeling some type this of way. This is why, he's guys. He's gotta be feeling some type of way. Because she she walks both paths. Din could have walked both paths. <laughs> he does, he's not choosing to walk both paths. I, th I, thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. Not hilarious. I thought it was interesting how... Bo's. I mean, I know why Bo gets to cho gets chosen to walk both paths, and and Din's just sitting there with a dark saber on his hip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't give a damn about that <laughs> anymore. Moff Gideon's gonna get it back, and then she's gonna reclaim it. That's what's happening, guys. I mean, that she's one. being kind of being pushed forward, you know, like to kind of unite all Mandalorians and rule. Well, Mandalore. so like the end of the episode, you know, it ended with it's time to retake Mandalore. That was the end. Okay, you know? sorry. Okay, but so I'm confused, fellas. What is what is there to retake? You can just go there. No one has it that they know of at this point. Like, what is there? You just show up. Like, well, if I the way I took it was like it's not going to be like a battle or an overtaking, at least from their no. perspective at this point. But but I think it's like they always thought it was poison. They thought they couldn't go back. It's having Din and Bo Katan go there, realizing that okay, this is like a planet that is worth salvaging. 
like we can go back there and take it and then obviously yeah like just retake well, what, it yeah. as your home well, well that's what i'm home. saying you can you just go there there's nothing stopping <laughs> you so they, the, the crew they have now they can just go and start rebuilding and well man would be crazy if there's some other mandalorians out there that could spoil the party you know what i mean I think that's going to be the case. Children, to, to, children of the Watch, her crew who left, they saved Moff, or it's a ploy to pin them against themselves, and it wasn't them by the New Empire. Do you? Th- yeah, that's what I was. Gonna, that's what I was going to ask you guys. If you guys think that like they had, they're in cahoots with each other, or do you think Moff just like is trying to frame a Mandalorian? Yeah. you know what I mean. I don't know. It could be one of the two, honestly. That's, I mean, that's what I thought. I don't know which I one mean, it is. I mean, it would be cool to get some actual Mandalorian on Mandalorian action. You know, getting like turned on each other. You know. Well, not even turning the Mandalorians against each other, but it would be the New Republic would then go against the Mandalorians. That would be the, the conflict. Right, so, like right. again, since the Blues that we're calling them now, since he found them, he's gonna he might put a hit out on Mandalorians now, saying, "Hey, they're helping out with Moth." So we did have Bo literally saying right at the beginning of the show, like how they all went kind of off doing mercenary work now, you know, like doing right. whatever to get yeah, by, yeah. I guess. I kind of hope that it's that. I hope that it's the the children of the watch like helping or some somehow helping Moff escape. Right. I think that would be a really interesting conflict to have as opposed to like Moff just like turning. Have Mob actually yeah. like pull up with a gang of Mandalorians behind him, you know, leading the pack. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> and we've and we've already kind of set up the the whole, you know, the new republic is taking in these old empire people and like they we even had that little conflict with Tava. Where he's like, you were just captured. And she's like, no, I was liberated. Like, so it's kind of like the same thing with the Mandalorians. If they fight yeah. against each other, whoever wins, some of our people, it'd be like, do you take them in now, or is it called liberation? And- I was just gonna say, I got goosebumps when when Bo was about to retake or was told, let's go retake Mandalorian. She's gonna walk both ways. I don't know. That, I don't know if. It necessarily made sense in my head now that we're discussing it. Like, okay, this is a little. There's some flaws to this theory, but like, just seeing Bo in that position again gave me goosebumps. That was an insane yeah, moment. Because I still think she's the rightful. She'll be the rightful person. It's just how do we get there? Because that's because again, Din doesn't. He's not. He doesn't want to lead. That's not his thing. She will, but it's just like we have these rules in place that we have to go around with the dark saber specifically to get there. The the armor did kind of swapped out of nowhere, like completely swapped, changed her mind. Because at first she didn't right. really believe a word Bo-Katan was saying, and then all of a sudden she was like, "Oh yeah, like all in on it." I don't know if I missed anything, but that was yeah, kind of well, like a bit. Yeah, because last episode it went as she used, she thought she was tripping. It seems like, like that, I- but she also was like, you know, this is the way. And then maybe she was, maybe she kind of showed that she she was affected by hearing that about the Mythosaur, and maybe. They didn't do a good job of portraying that in the last episode, but this episode, obviously, we see that she like was affected by the the fact that you know Bo told her that she saw Mythosaur, and that's kind of what's in my mind. The way I took it is that now this is kind of like leading her to you know this new movement of we can join the Mandalorians together and we can walk both ways, and I think it's I think it's kind of it moves her as well. Knowing that Bo saw Mythosaur. Yeah, and it's probably the first time we've ever really had like any type of movement of the way the Creed, you know, kind of maybe moving or tilting more towards a, I guess, progressive or new, more present type of way. And that was cool to see. It's kind of changing a little bit. Um, it's kind of interesting to see how that's going to go because 
I mean, she said we all got to walk the way together, but I'm still not really sure what the way is because there's so many different takes out there of what the way could be. And it's not like all Mandalorians have had, you know, haven't had hundreds and hundreds of years of civil war and bloodshed, you know, like they're not the most cooperative family that we've had in history, obviously. I, I did kind of like how they played off that with with uh, Vizsla's speech. I mean, we, it was kind of interesting because we didn't know which way he was going to go with the speech, but looking back afterwards, it was like, yeah, like this is what Mandalorians do. Like they they come in and they are warriors and they take shit over. And like obviously we've had the the civil wars in the past, but it was cool to see that like they kind of recognize, okay, this is what we do. We can really, like we are badasses. We can help people out that need help. You know what I mean? Yeah, and to go back on the speech, you know, the, the one line I actually forgot to mention was when Din... Uh, went on his, you know, when his when he was a little monologue, and he said he specifically said, and we can fight to have our children, you know, so our children can feel what it's like to play in the sunlight. You know, it's basically the closest we've gotten to him actually naming Grogu, you know, his son. You know, I thought I thought it was funny that they they use the armor's little hammer as like a talking stick. Like you can't, <laughs> I, you can't. Well, no, I think was that not in Clone Wars or one of those? It was almost, that's like. Tannin, like you Was can't it? speak unless you hold that. that, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. it is. So I'm glad they could do that. All right. Well, all right, guys. You know, now it's time to retake Mandalore. That was kind of how it ended off. Ended off. Um, and then, oh, yeah, we got the little teaser again of, 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 of Moff. I've actually started to skip the little recaps before the episodes because they're literally telling you everything. Like, oh, remember this? We're definitely going to continue right. on this every every time, you know, like before the episode. I've, I've started skipping that every time. Yeah, I did but, too. Um, you know, now that we're kind of pivoting towards a certain angle, certain direction, um, we got three episodes left. Like, yep. right? Three episodes. Three, six, seven, eight. You know, what do we do next, guys? Well, like, what's gonna happen? Are we gonna have? Are we gonna just go right into it? Are we gonna have another filler episodes? I don't think we can really afford those anymore. I think we? it ends with Moff Gideon returns, and that sets up the new season. Does he end up like on top, winning? I don't know if he does anything. I think he just comes. I think it's gonna be one of those. He just shows up and. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe the finale is that's he wins. But I feel like it's going to be to set up the next season off Gideon. How how do you guys foresee, like, the the two factions of Mandalorians crossing paths? Because we see that, you know, the, the New Republic and the Rangers are now aware that Moff has broken out and that the, there's some Mandalorian involvement in that escape. But, like, how do you – because the, the Mandalorian covert with Bo and Din and those guys, they're not aware of that at this point. So how, do you think that they somehow meet in, on Mandalore? Because it sounds like they're going back to man, to retake Mandalore. Is there going to be some sort of conflict there? Or what do you guys think? Wouldn't it be Bo just going out there and figuring it out? Because if she's about to leave, it would make sense that she's the first to find out what's going on. You know, maybe maybe there'll be more conflict with Teva and the New Republic. You know, how, how he's kind of the only person seeing through all the stuff that's happening. Kind of convincing the others, trying to connect the the pirate attacks to maybe the empire still being out there being powerful and now he has a little bit of proof i don't know maybe he doesn't make it out alive he gets snagged up by moth i don't know but i'm feeling like teva maybe with some help maybe with zep i don't know about zep maybe some people close to him ended up we're gonna end up fighting on din's side uh when maybe the new republic like you said i didn't even think about that part that possibility but maybe how the new republic will actually start targeting Mandalorians since they're kind of set up and they're thinking now that the Mandalorians are all, all behind this. You know, well, don't really know yeah, that. and then if you think about Girl who's on the inside with Moff, that would be her ploy too. She just tried to keep them out of helping grief. Now if Mandalorians come across the board, if he reports it, she's going to push and say, hey, you got to take care of the Mandalorians. Like, 
Like that just seems like the right move. That's why she's in there is to take control. So I can see, yeah, the New Republic coming after the Mandalorians now, and then they fight. Do you, do you for think no we'll reason. get some Mythosaur action? Pooh, this season. Well, I mean, introducing I the Mythosaur was making me lean towards their, you know, at least being a big battle of Mandalorians and like all oh, Mandalore. I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't, know, maybe not this season, maybe next season, or but. Either way, that's going to be the type of battle for sure when the Mythosaur is going to get involved. It's not like he's going to be able to pop into N1 with his little head sticking out of the <laughs> little pod, being able to take him anywhere. You know, he'll be there. Kind of similar how uh, you know Boba showed up with the Rancor. I don't know. Or so, I don't know. I think we got to have some type of epic conclusion to this season because I think they're probably aware that, especially throughout the middle, kind of drug on a little bit, and they got to end up with some type of epic fireworks. So I don't know. I don't know how that's going to turn out, though. We do we do have Bryce Dallas Howard returning for next episode when she's always delivered on some big bangers. So, I guess the most important hope. thing is that we've kind of you know we're, at least we're headed now in the right direction and we got a little bit of a little bit of hope back after these last couple of weeks. You know, hope. That's what they deliver us, guys. Hope, spark that will light the, whatever <laughs> the fuck post quote was. <laughs> Now we, we got a spark they again. Have, they, God, they're giving us rebel stuff too, guys. Zeb, we got the Purgles. Oh yeah, they are. God. I've always said these people would come back. I'm so glad Zeb is back. Yeah, but you literally say everybody comes back. No, I, when when Rebels ended, I said the story is not over. They're going to these. All these characters will come back. And, and speaking of coming back, R five is alive as well. I love he how R five. R five was a little. R five was. Uh, he was kind of snitching, snitch man. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The R stands for rat. Rat in the mouth. was kind of looking at him like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> he rolled out Hell too yeah. confident. Yeah, as did well. it. I was like, I was like, when they said like we've got someone that worked in the Republic with us. Oh yeah, the like, rebellion. I was like, wait a second, who or the rebellion? Sorry, the rebellion. I was like, wait a second, who could it be? Who could it be? And then I was like, oh yeah, R five. <laughs> well, all right, guys, we are feeling a bit hopeful right now. At the end of the day, right, we're back on the positive side. Like, have we beaten the ten count or what? Like, have we gotten back up off the canvas? In this fight or what, you know? We're off the canvas. We got we got up, but a TKO is still possible. Yeah, we're <laughs> stumbling a little bit. But, you know, we use every bit of that 10 count to get back up and regroup and now heading hopefully towards a positive end and be able to turn this thing around, right? I, I got I to gotta address one plot hole that I've been thinking about ever since I watched this. A potential plot hole. Let me see what you guys feel. But how... How did the Covert get to that planet if they don't have a ship? Yeah, they didn't have any ships, did they? Yeah. They Maybe a... they had a ship and they got they discussed, eaten. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that crocodile. <laughs> that would not surprise me. That, that crocodile. Me. Oh, God. Yeah. Another plot hole. They caught a bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the, what was the um, space the space transport that Mando took the one episode? We had to, we had to turn in all his weapons. Maybe they all maybe they all took that. Oh yeah, the actual like public transit that, that he was on. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, that should be a wrap for all screens and sizes, episode seven. Thank you everyone for joining us and listening. Stay tuned for our reviews of the last three episodes of The Mandalorian season three. And like Phil said, he's going to be catching up on movies. We're all going to be tuning in to some new movies we'll be discussing soon uh, again don't forget to follow us on all of our socials at screens and sizes on both 
Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, guys. Thanks again so much for listening, and until the next one, ladies and gentlemen. Laters. Laters.